This podcast has been sponsored by the Gottlieb family in Marion Station, Pennsylvania, in honor of their grandmothers who have lived Jewish values and shared their wisdom with the next generation. This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. At my grandfather's funeral four years ago, his brother-in-law, who is my great-uncle Maisha, got up and made the following unbelievable announcement. One of the most incredible things about my brother-in-law was his commitment to peace. He and I worked together in the kosher butcher shop business for years, and I don't remember a single time that we didn't get along. Now, I can't imagine working with one's brother-in-law for that long and not having conflict. I mean, I love my brothers-in-law. <laughs> but I do know from growing up with my amazing grandfather that he almost never felt that an issue was worth sacrificing peace. He was willing to take a hit financially or in his honor or his reputation as long as peace could be preserved. It's so appropriate that his first name was Shalom, which means peace. And I just miss him so much. In Rabbi Jonathan Sachs' recent book, Morality, he writes about a memorable plane trip that he took. After the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin in 1995, Rabbi Sachs was one of five men sitting in a Queen's Flight Royal airplane on their way from Great Britain to Israel to attend the funeral. These five men were, on the one side of the plane, Prime Minister John Major and Foreign Secretary Malcolm Rifkind. Opposite them sat the leader of the political opposition, Tony Blair, and Patty Ashdown, leader of the Liberal Democrats, Britain's third party. Rabbi Sachs had been invited because he was the chief rabbi and he would represent the Jewish community. So in his book, Morality, Rabbi Sachs writes the following about this memorable plane trip. Half an hour into the flight, Patty Ashdown turned to John Major and said, John, here are leaders of three opposed parties, but we probably have more in common with one another than we do with the extremists in our own parties. We've never sat together before like this. Let's talk honestly and openly about what we really believe regarding the biggest issues today. John Major, with a smile, willingly agreed. And for hour after hour, all four politicians talked together as candid friends. It was possibly the only time such an extended conversation took place between the party leaders. For eight hours, I sat and listened to the closest British politics came to a team of rivals sharing their deepest convictions with total openness and friendship. I cherish the memory of those hours because it showed me politics at its best. One of the most famous Hebrew words that we've all heard of is the word shalom, peace. It's also one of the most important values in Judaism. But what's the actual root of that word? The word shalom is linked to the word shalem. That means complete. Now, when we say that something is complete, what we're alluding to here is the fact that it has potential for fragmentation or brokenness, right? I mean, if something can't break or was never broken, we don't call it complete. If it was never incomplete, it doesn't have meaningfulness in its completion, 
finding peace with those who are different from us, with those of opposing views, with those with whom there is potential for conflict, that is meaningful peace. That is true shalom. This week in the Torah, we learned that the priests in the temple were given a power and a mandate to bless the Jewish people with peace. The blessing of peace goes like this. May God bless you and watch over you. May God shine his face towards you and favor you with grace. May God lift his face towards you and bless you with peace. So we see that there's an intrinsic connection between God shining his light towards us and us being blessed with peace. Well, what is that connection about? The Torah says, God has not found a better vessel to hold blessing than peace. What that means is that we can have every blessing in the world, such as family, financial security, success, good health. But if we don't have peace, we don't have a container to hold the blessing. And it'll just slip through our fingers and can be lost to us. When a person is plagued or his life is plagued with conflict or controversy, he can't even enjoy his other blessings. So God shines his light toward us with the gift of peace as a container to hold all other blessings. So if God gave us peace as a way to hold our blessings, right, and if the gift of peace comes from God shining his light towards us, well, then what's our part of the bargain? What can we do to earn and deserve and achieve that kind of peace in the face of potential for fragmentation? So here are a few ideas that I have to work towards peace in our lives. The first idea is something called a shalom fund. And this idea comes from back when I was in middle school. My class had a Shabbaton weekend retreat. We were all having Shabbat dinner together in our school, and one girl spilled soup on another girl's dress. The girl whose dress got spilled on was understandably upset, and she kept saying that her mother was going to be so angry about the dry cleaning bills. But then a teacher of ours stepped forward and said it would be her honor to pay for the dry cleaning bill. And like immediately the the fight diffused and everyone calmed down. And our teacher explained to us later that she had a shalom fund, a certain amount of money set aside each year to fund peace, right? Because sometimes the price of peace is not even that high. Like maybe we're talking about 10 bucks for the cleaners, but it's just too hard to bring ourselves to concede. But just like we all have a fund for health insurance or we have a fund for our mortgage, wouldn't it be worthwhile to have a fund to pay for peace? If peace is truly the container to hold all our other blessings, well, isn't it more than worth it? My second technique for finding peace has to do with my relationship with God. I believe that everything happens for a reason. And the Torah teaches that just as everything is determined for us on Rosh Hashanah, it's also determined how much aggravation we're going to have in a given year and how much money we're going to make in a particular year. So what this means is nobody can trigger me unless it was meant to be. And while it's true that they didn't have to be the messenger, right, it's also true that it was determined for me to have a certain degree of aggravation today. So why should I shoot the messenger? Their mistakes are between them and God. And my pursuit of peace is between me and God. For me, this is a really powerful mindset that helps me to let it go.
My final suggestion is that we often get super aggravated about other people's negative character traits. We get annoyed that people are insensitive, incompetent, lazy, arrogant. And when our minds are filled with those kinds of thoughts, it's like literally impossible for us to think of the good in that person. But it's pretty likely that this person has just as many good character traits as bad ones. I mean, if not more. The only complication is being able to access it. So what if, in addition to a Shalom fund, we also had something called a Shalom notebook? And in the evening, before we go to bed, we can write down any aggravating incident, but with a twist. For each negative character trait or quality that we notice in another person with whom we're having conflict, what if we could also write down three positive attributes or qualities of that person? that we do appreciate, and that we do like. And I guarantee you that it will change the way you think and feel. So whether you learn from my grandfather, Rabbi Shalom Heimowitz of Blessed Memory, or you learn from Rabbi Sachs's encounter with five British politicians, or maybe you're inspired by the blessing for peace as taught and transmitted in the Torah, right? One thing's for sure. Peace is both a gift from God as well as a process initiated by us. So let's earn it and let's deserve it. I'll leave you today with a closing quote from Rabbi Sachs. The single greatest mistake, and it's been made many times in history, is to believe that peace is a zero-sum game. If I win, you lose. If I suffer, you gain. It isn't so. The truth is the opposite. From violence, both sides suffer. From peace, both sides gain. That is why no one does a service to peace by demonizing one side and making heroes of the other. Peace is a duet scored for two voices, and someone who thinks that one voice can win by drowning out the other just hasn't understood what a duet is. This is the Book of Life, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.